Welcome to Walking to Wizard's Path, an exploration of the Western occult tradition via meditation. I'm your host, Brad Sung. Episode 11, You Have a Magical History. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to announce that we are on Patreon. So if you want to support us, please find us there and sign up. For the initial launch, I'll be putting up three bonus episodes with additional bonus episodes every month. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Wizard's Path. And as always, thank you for your support. There is a notion I find a need to address. It is a particularly U.S. perspective that is very problematic when it comes to magic. The notion is, I am a blank slate, and I have no history. At some point in your magical journey, you will come across the fact that you indeed do have a magical history, that you have been on this path before. How you reconcile that fact will be different for every person. It will depend on your inner development, or how spiritually mature you are, and your skill set. But know that the magical thing didn't come out of nowhere. Well, where does it come from, if not from me? The answer is it comes from two places. Neither are easy swallows for Westerners. The first hard swallow is your ancestors. Firstly, you were born into a family. You inherit a great deal from your family ancestral line. On a practical level, you inherit a body. And I would just tell you this just to save you a lot of time. How your body is shaped has a lot to do with your genetics. Keep that in mind before you engage in a lifetime of dieting. Who your ancestors are and what they did has a massive influence on how spirits interact with you. For good and for ill, spirits do not view you as a single individual because they are not individuals. They can see the whole history of spirit interaction of you and your ancestors. Yes, you are being judged by your ancestors' deeds. But I just got born here. All the spirits are going to be judgy? Yes, it's not fair. But it is something you have to be aware of when you start interacting with spirits. There's a massive amount of confusion in what ancestor work is, which is far too much to get into here. That will be its own episode. I will give one piece of advice which may sound obvious. If the idea of ancestor work troubles you, you may want to stay clear of traditions that work with spirits of the dead, because your ancestors will be the first that come through. The second heart swallow is reincarnation. Magical ability carries over from previous incarnations, which is not inherited from your family line you were born into. This is going to be difficult for folks who are in love with themselves, but your personality is an expression of your physical body, and it dies with your physical body, or shortly thereafter. But don't worry, there's actually a whole lot of you that has nothing to do with your personality. I will address that in a future episode, entitled, The Time I Told My Friend They Were Going to Experience Ego Death. Magical knowledge does not die for the body. I notice when folks actually start walking the magical path, they may have to spend some time undoing magical binds from previous incarnations, like spirit attachments. So before you sign up for that initiation, you may want to read the fine print. But Brad, I have based my entire magical career on the assumption that this life is the only game in town. Are you telling me my magical choices will impact me many countless lifetimes from now? Yes, you will learn many valuable lessons. 
There's a lot of fantasy and escapism when it comes to past lives. The reality is, when you actually experience it, you will view this mundane life as the escape. If you are drawn to the magical path, it likely means that you have a history. And sorry, history isn't pretty. The question you need to ask is, what do I need to be now? The practical question is, is there any business I need to deal with before moving forward? There may or may not be. If it is important for you, as a functioning human being, to maintain the narrative, I am a blank slate, I have no history, do not walk a magical path. Walking a magical path is not an escape. It means taking on more burdens than a non-magical person. You can allow yourself to be crushed by such burdens, or you can say to the universe, Okay, where do we start? Is there unfinished business that needs to be tended to? That is the focus of today's meditation. I want you to find someplace quiet where you will be left alone for 20 minutes. Do not meditate at your work desk where you watch TV, play video games, or do any other task. Pick a spot that is only used for this practice. And do not meditate while driving. Close your eyes. Make sure your spine is straight. Place your hands on your thighs with your palms up. Take a breath in, then exhale. Bring your awareness to your physical body. Notice any discomfort, tightness, or aches. If there are any, acknowledge them. Place your mind to that spot. Take a breath, then exhale. Allow the body to be still. If any thoughts arise, observe them and allow them to pass. If any memories arise, observe them and also allow them to pass. You are in a hallway of a museum of neoclassical design. Sun is streaming golden from the window. You find yourself at a very large door. The door is made of wood and is weathered. It is formidable, as if it's been guarding its contents for a long time. The door is open and you enter. It is a dimly lit library with many ancient tomes. No one is present in these gloomy halls, but you have a sense the place knows you are there and why. You find a pedestal and you know what is on the pedestal. There is a book, ancient and huge, with your name on it. You look at the name and it starts morphing as if in a dream. The way text looks in dreams as a living thing that refuses to keep its shape. Other names start to appear, but there is some sort of filter, like the kind that blurs out people's faces, that prevents you from reading those names. The name keeps changing to different languages, and symbols you don't recognize. You consider for a moment to open the book, and the moment you think it, you see him standing there, behind the book. He appears as a very tall, silent man, 
dressed as a monk. His features are hidden under his hood. He is silent, motionless, powerful, and eternal. You know he is not human, not even remotely. You also know he will prevent you from reading the book. At that moment, the junior librarian shows up. He is also wearing a monkish robe. He appears human with a touchscreen tablet. I'm sorry, you're not allowed to look in the book. It's always problematic when mortals get a whiff of what's going on. It usually messes them up big time. Past life PTSD sort of stuff. He turns to the tall monk. He could give them a tiniest snippet. Something that won't mess them up. That might point them in the right direction. The tall monk turns statue-like to the junior monk. His finger touches the junior librarian's tablet, which starts a download. The junior librarian leads you to a reading room. He places his tablet on the table. I'm going to leave you so you can have a special moment alone. I'm going to get some coffee. I'll be right back. The junior librarian returns with his coffee. He takes a sip. This isn't soy milk. He puts his coffee down and grabs the tablet. There's a reference code flashing on the tablet. You've located an object that belongs to you from, you know, from before. It might be useful. You never know. You enter a hallway lined with glass display cases with random objects from history. There is one display case at the far end that seems brighter than the rest. The junior librarian points to the case. There it is. You approach the case. What do you see? The junior librarian looks mischievous. You know, I really shouldn't. But I think it would be useful for you to see one more thing. The ladies are on their lunch break, so no one would know. You follow him to a fairly modern-looking wing of the museum. You walk up a flight of stairs to a viewing window. The window gives you a view of a gymnasium-sized room filled with looms of every kind. Let's go inside, he says. Here is a table has a very long woven tapestry on it. It sort of looks like a banner. There is something like a scanning microscope that blows up the details to a view screen. These tapestries function like microfiche. They pack massive amounts of information if you know how to read them. Why don't you take a look? You look at the view screen. What do you see? Take a breath in, then exhale. <sighs> Open your eyes. Write down all that you've experienced. Date it with episode number and title. Write it down, even if you don't understand it. As you spend the rest of the week, 
I want you to consider what was presented to you. Did they provide any clues to your past and current work? I hope you receive benefit from this work, and if it speaks to you, I hope you will stick around. Follow us on Twitter, sign up to Patreon, like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast, leave a thoughtful review. These actions help others to find a podcast. And as always, thank you for your support.